You're in tune to the Fusebox Radio Broadcast. Uh, turn the music up inside my session. These folks gotta hear my message. Bringing balanced black radio to the masses. The baby said it just got paid Karma just got a raise Collect your blessings and you're on your way I'm in line, I'm in line, I'm in line At the soup kitchen, I'm in line, I'm in line For some bread cheese and some bottled milk You ain't shit, so you ain't gotta stop and look Don't waste my time These people out here trying to steal my shine These pigs trying to blow my mind These people trying to stop my grind it was only a matter of time No interval, I committed war crimes Trying to save my black life By fetishizing my dead life What? Get away from me! You can see my dead body at the protest You can see my dead body at the protest You can see my dead body at the protest You can see my dead body at the protest Trying to save my black life By fetishizing my dead life Fuck! Get away from me! What's going on? You're now in tune to another session of the syndicated worldwide Fuse Box Radio broadcast, bringing the balance back to black radio each and every week with a mix of music, commentary, interviews, and more. You got myself in the mix, DJ Fusion, and we have another special show based off of our time at Moog Fest this past weekend in Durham, North Carolina. We had a special interview with the multi talented. And just a really busy lady, more mother. Y'all have heard some of her tunes on our show, or have read a lot about her. Um, activist, producer, MC, poet, rock star, Afrofuturist, and plenty more. We were lucky to be able to get a little bit of time in with her live and just briefly touch base on some of her creative process, music, background, some of the projects she's doing on making Afrofuturism real to folks on a day-to-day basis with the work she's doing in Philly, and plenty more. So listen to an intro tune or two of her music before we get into this interview, and sit back, relax, and enjoy. You can always check out more of what happens at MoogFest via their official website, MoogFest.com, M-O-O-G-F-E-S-T.com. You can check out more of what's going on with more Mother in terms of all of her works, over at her official website, moremother.com, M-O-O-R-M-O-T-H-E-R.com. And you can check out what goes on with the Fusebox Radio broadcast anytime via our official website, fuseboxradio.com, or blog site, blackradioisback.com. And subscribe to us via your favorite podcast, app, or service of choice per usual. All right, sit back, relax, and enjoy this special mini MoFest 2017 episode. Peace. All right, everybody, one, two, one, two, what's going on? You're now in tune to another session of the syndicated worldwide Fusebox radio broadcast, bringing the balance back to black radio ever since 1998, whether it's on your FM dial and net radio station podcast or website. We have a special edition of the show here over at Mogfest in Durham, North Carolina. A lot of people enjoyed the coverage that we did last year, so we're here for a second year, and we were able to get in some 
wonderful interview time with folks. We got more mother here in the house. Y'all have heard the Fetish Bones album. Um, I know people who've been at the event have been checking out lots of the programming that she's been involved in. And um, we're just going to like kick it a bit and just ask some questions about stuff that's going on in the multi-hyphenated talented woman's um, repertoire and all that fellow Maryland representative and all Four that, ten. you know what I'm saying? 301 or myself and all okay. that. I'm going through stuff like, oh, damn, Aberdeen. Oh, I know what that's at. There we go. There we go. So, um, yeah, people who know our interview style know that you know, you're going to hear some of the basics, but there's some other things I want to try to get into, too, because I don't want this to be, like, cookie-cutter-ish or whatever. Either they're like, yes, I do music that is protest music and blah, blah, blah. Like, man, that gets, mm-hmm. that, that gets to be wild corn after a while <laughs> and all of that. But we got to give people who may not be as familiar with you some um, foundation with um, what you do. So I mentioned that you're from Maryland originally and all of that. How did you decide to get into music in terms of being a creator? Since you have done a lot of stuff in the realms of punk rock, <coughs> excuse me, electronic, hip hop, all of that type of stuff. Like what made you like one day decide to be there like, hey, I'm going from being the listener to being an active participant? I always wanted to make music. I always felt like I was making music in some form, whether it was not being recorded, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, I was in some <coughs> bands. It's, as early as I can remember moving to Philly, I was in a rap group back in uh, Aberdeen, you know, just for a little bit for fun. So I always was kept music in my uh, interests and in my heart until I was able to become a professional musician. Okay, okay. <coughs> and with all of that type of thing, one of the things I personally really dig about your music is that it's not easily classifiable. Mm-hmm. Like... Sometimes when you hear things in the realms of protest music, people want to automatically put your protest in a box, which in itself is inherently ridiculous mm-hmm. and kind of weird and all of that. And with your particular brand of music, one of the things I personally have really dug is it's not just black protest music. It's literally black women protest music. Because yes. there's a thing where with black women, I think we get stuck in a societal trap in terms of you got to be this stoic, non-feeling broad and... You just got to deal with a lot of shit, but not say, I'm tired mm-hmm. of the bullshit, not just from our society, but within, you know, sometimes even our own communities. Like, with your music, like, is it like a purposeful thing that you put um, your music out that way, or just like something that naturally flows in the creative process? Well, it was, it was on purpose that I named myself More Mother because I felt like the mother is, you know, the most attacked, the most overworked you know and um that's you know i'm not a mother myself you know as as in relation to birthing a child but um i feel that and i understand that that's the most important thing you know my particular voice as a woman coming from you know section 8 public housing coming from small town aberdeen you know to really be you know tearing stages up you know to be really you know here producing this this message, I find that I don't run into many black women from my upbringing mm-hmm. doing music, you know? So I understand that, you know, my particular voice is very uh, important in this time because we're largely underrepresented. Yeah, I definitely understand that. <coughs> and with that type of thing, I think there's still an issue of just showing that black women can be diverse and are literally just people. 
you're multifaceted people. Like we're still fighting for that right in 2017, which is beyond ridiculous mm -hmm. and all of that. Now, <coughs> excuse me. In that regard, like I know for me, one of the songs, like the best way I can describe your music from my viewpoint is trap. I had to write this down because it just popped up my brain like early today. Trap music for folks who are trapped by the bullshit who are going to fuck all the hunters up and whatnot. Like that to me describes your okay. because it's just they're like, yo, right from the gate, there's like no chill period in between listening to your music. They're not a oh well. I'm, you know, I'm going to get a little mean after a while. Like, the first track is there, like, yeah, fuck you guys, I'm mad. Y'all had to deal with this anger, and this anger can get to a whole other level. And for some people, that's a bit unsettling, but I think that's really needed, even before our current political state, just in general, this time and age, since America just has a big denial situation in regard to how this country is and how it has treated yeah, and our it, people. Yeah, and it's all over the world. You know, what, you know, uh, you know, so many people because of Hollywood, because of what's the popular music, you know, and all of the heightened violence that's happening all over the world. People want to break. People want to, people want their distractions and they fight for their distractions. So I say, since there's already enough distraction, there's already enough things that, straight people away from what's actually going on, why would I participate in that? Why wouldn't I just serve the truth? No doubt. You know, no doubt. and that's what I do. And with all of that, <coughs> one of the things that I noticed to focus on was the fetishization of black folks and black women and black, you know, folks' bodies. And with that particular aspect, do you think that's also a problem sometimes in the protest sphere? Or I guess the activist sphere and all that? Most definitely. I mean, there's a line in the first track of uh, the album where I say, um, "Dead." I say they're dead when the police kill me, but alive when the police kill you. And mm -hmm. I feel like that's the perfect example. Some man is killed and we are all supposed to stand up and rally like we all, like we do naturally. Mm -hmm. But when a woman is killed, it, it takes a longer process. It's a, it's a process of where's the protest for this woman? Where are people saying stuff about this? You know, it's a total flip, you know? It's not the same <coughs> outpour. And there's also the thing too, I think, where there's the entire thing about the perfect victim, which itself is a fetish. Like, okay, they got 4.0s all throughout school and they spoke perfect English or whatever, so maybe they're okay. Oh, wait a minute, they still stick a gun in fourth grade, so that means we're not supposed to care about them and their lives. and. That is just a horrid thing. Like, I know one of the verses I loved when I first heard one of your joints was trying to save my black life by fetishizing my black life, where it's like you almost have to fit into that box of good or bad acceptable blackness for people to be like, okay, well, you're black. And I think one of the things that's interesting now is that we're at a stage where people are pushing above and beyond that with their music, works, and so forth and so on. And then we got the aspect of what people are using the term of Afrofuturism with that. Now, <coughs> I know, like, I've, like, read some of your stuff and they're like, okay, I am smart, but holy crap, this is deep, 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 deep space. You know, black hole deep, how some of this stuff goes in terms of how folks perceive space and time and all of that on multiple planes. Now, you can talk about that way better than I can, like, 
Matter of fact, let me put it this way. What is your definition of Afrofuturism and how it can be applied to actually make a better future? I know that, you know, you have organizational work and other stuff that you do within the Philadelphia community where it's just there like this is beyond an academic exercise. It's a day-to-day life exercise. Yeah, well, um, we're actually very lucky right now because I have my partner here with me, Rashida Phillips, who we are in the collective Black Quantum Futurism. And she's the smartest person that I know. And also, uh, she wrote the theory on black quantum futurism. And uh, I will allow her to answer that question. All right. um, Thank you for being here with us. This was a wonderful surprise on top of everything else. I mean, our definition of Afrofuturism, you can sort of look it up, and the Wikipedia definition is sort of <coughs> um, black people being able to see themselves in the future, being able to access a future where we've been told we don't exist, we're dead, where we don't make it into that future. Um, and it's using the language of speculation and science fiction to sort of explore that. Um, and and uh, the thing that we emphasize through our, our work and how we take Afrofuturism and sort of expand upon it and advance it through our theory of black quantum futurism is thinking about how Afrofuturism sees time and space differently than sort of traditional um, classical concepts of futurism or traditional concepts of science fiction which posits or traditional concepts of reality which which says that time is linear um we're moving into a chaotic fatalistic universe um that we don't have access to that we can't control um and i think afrofuturism troubles that notion um by um really drawing upon these traditional concepts of african ways of experiencing space and time um, that is more communal, that is more beneficial, that is cyclical, that does not cut the past off from you, that does not cut the future off from you, um, and, and says that you can create the future, you can, you can have some creative control over the future, um, and really, again, sees time as more communal. Um, and so Afrofuturism takes that notion of time, whether consciously or unconsciously, um, and in that way, it, it becomes more empowering for, again, black people who have been told you don't have access to the future, you have no creative control over the future um, on various levels. Um, and it, again, troubles that notion is a tool, it's a technology for, for being able to hack futures where we've been told we don't exist in those futures. So. Thanks. See, this is why you ask other people who can break it down, but well, to be able to rock that out. That is cool. Now, what's some of the work that y'all got through with the um, Community Futures Lab? You got folks staring at each other like what? <laughs> like who's the uh, same Okay, so I'll I, I will talk about that too. Community <laughs> Futures Lab is um a space that we created through Black Quantum Futurism um that is really applying Black Quantum Futurism the concept to a particular community that's undergoing active displacement um through redevelopment and, and gentrification and so. The community where we open the Community Futures Lab is in North Philly, um, a community called Sharswood that we also um, live in, and um, that is undergoing displacement and, and redevelopment and gentrification through forces outside of its control by the city, by the housing authority. Um, and so we put that, we, we opened that space as a way to um, use art um, to think about how we move forward into the future, how, um, again, these people who are being displaced through this process um, are able to envision the future of that community that they've been a part of for, for many years and that they're now being told you don't have a place here anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, what they want to see happen in that community through this redevelopment process, because although we can't stop it, we can sort of, um, again, trouble what's happening there and, and insert ourselves into this process forcefully mm-hmm. if we have to. Um, and so through the Community Futures Lab, we did workshops um, 
we had a resource library, we had a, a community art gallery that um, folks from the community could put their artwork in. Mm -hmm. um, we, but the main part of it is that we did this, um, we did oral history interviews, so it was an oral history project, but we created what we call oral features um, to really, again, think about how words, how if you speak things into existence, um, you can create the future in that way. And so really interviewing people critically about what they want to see happen in, in that community, what they want to see continue, what they want to see discontinue, um, all of those sorts of things, what memories they have. Um, so really part of it is pushing back on a narrative that this community is poor, crime-ridden, and, and you know people are animals here and they have no future really being able to push back on that narrative to say, no, we do have a future, we have a past, we have beautiful memories, we have we have agency here and how this story is being told about us. All right, awesome, awesome. That's perfect. And the most important thing I think about the Community Futures Lab is setting the example of coming into communities that are experiencing rapid redevelopment and not expecting them to come to some museum or some event that we're holding somewhere else in an area that's already been gentrified or that's already been run by companies that take away and do not serve these uh, communities. Mm -hmm. <coughs> awesome. Ooh. See, black women united. Awesome. Yeah, she so gave me an eye, so I had to like, <laughs> give her an eye back. See, this lady basically wish I had the video. Well, you would have seen all the stairs and everything. Girlfriend just there, like, see, it's just united. The glow is real. Now, okay, how many more we got left? Um, just a few quickies okay. and all of that. Now, again, your music is just wild at birth. Like, if somebody goes to a more mother show, is there, what should we expect to see besides literally you there? Cause I could see a show that could go all over the place with um, you. The, the most, I guess the genre that I would say that I'm a part of is like the truth. You're not going to get anything sugar-coated. If you come to my concert, you're just going to get straight reality, like shoved down your throat whether you want it or not. And uh, I, don't, I can't really say a genre because there's no genre. It's, more, it's, it's merely like uh, just the truth, just the hard-hitting truth that makes folks question themselves or cry or... Whatever. So you can get you can get to the stereotypical, you're gonna get in all your emotions when folks go and see one of your shows. Yeah, you're gonna it's a very emotional show. Yes. Okay, cool, cool. Now because we're at MoFest, I'm just gonna ask like one like relatively quick techie question. Being that you have done like again, your production is like crazy. Like, can you just give folks a few ideas of some of the equipment that you use? Um, I use the Mother 32, I use um, TR8 drum machine, I use a work stack, I use um, a mini theremin, I use um, handmade drone, drone sense, I use uh, circuit bent things. Um, so, what's a good one? Samplers. Along those lines. Okay. I'm so sorry. Actually, oh, that's fine. We're in the media room, everybody who's listening to this show, which is cool because, I mean, I'm a music geek, so I'm just here like, how the hell did she put that together? I mean, I ain't trying to get trade secrets or nothing. I'm just curious. So, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. And, um, you know, so I know we got a lot more stuff going on. Lastly, well, one thing, where do you think protest music is going to go in the future? And what should we expect from you in the future? 
creatively. I think protest music goes will go and you know as uh, more women uh, start and continue making music and are able to make music with the freedom to produce records and not have to uh, you know deal with a bunch of jerks, people that are trying to fetishize them or use them, you know, I feel like protest music is going to go the way of woman, you know, and also non-binary also, you know, I feel like that's who, who has the most power when it comes to protest music is women. All right, thanks. And one last question that I always like asking people in general, who would you best like to work with on a piece of music project? I would love to work with Saul Williams. I would love to work with uh, Montanea Roberts. I would love to work with any jazz legend ever. Anyone. I don't, I don't care. All of them at once. Um, I like Rihanna. I'd like to work with Rihanna. Just because someone said that earlier. Then I was like, oh, yeah. I would. Yeah, why not? Honestly, there's one or two of your songs I could see a remix being crazy, and they would be there like, "Holy shit, Rihanna done went crazy." What I know, I, crazy? Rihanna would. I know it would be a little rough on Rihanna, but I feel like Rihanna's, um, her attitude is very punk, and I feel like that's you know it's all about the passion for music and the attitude, you know, not whatever people make music all the time, but it's about who you are as a person. You know, what your passions are that's going to propel you to really reach the ears of other women, you know, for sure. No doubt, no doubt. And that's just funny you mentioned that, because I saw her live not too long ago. I'm just like, damn, this, this chick is in a different place, yo. That's cool. That's cool. Just unexpected. <laughs> um, <coughs> uh, anyway, I know y'all got a lot going on. Thank you so much for taking out your yeah, time. Thank you so with much. With us here at the Fusebox Radio. And I don't know if you will have any stuff you want to shout out. People you want to shout out, websites, all of that. Uh, I would like to say thank you to Fuse Radio. I appreciate the hard work that you're doing in showcasing black women in the arts. That's very important to me. So uh, shout out to all the listeners, too, that are tuning in. It's a very, very important to support this radio station. And uh, I hope others are inspired to create their own radio station and produce the stories that are important, the stories that we need to hear. So thank right. you very much. No doubt. Thank y'all. And people know that we are big advocates of indie media and creating indie media. I've been doing this way longer than I should have. I don't have a kid. My show is my kid. Right on. So, you know, it's 19 years old. So thank awesome. y'all for, um, you know, being a part of our history and, you know, having us be a part of your history. And for everybody, y'all know you can go to our official blog site, blackradioisback.com. We'll have links to everything pertaining to this interview. So folks, go on ahead. You know, revolution needs revenue. So buy this music. Check out these shows. Recommend, you know, folks to go out there. Work with organizations to be a part of your community and all of that. And, yeah, we are going to go on ahead and wrap this up. And y'all going to hear some extra more mother tunes and the mix with this in a moment. But... Y'all know how it goes, bringing the balance black to black radio, DJ Fusion, Fusebox Radio Broadcast, making it happen. All right? Peace. Peace. Peace.
my father can no longer speak Something about pneumonia, something in his brain Something about swinging low, sweet chariots Laying me in Vietnam, I got war on my back Get it off, get it off, I got war on my back Get it off, get it off, gave me diabetes Gave me all this heroin to sell Help me poison the community, I came home I'm blown up, got death on my back, I got death on my back Swing low, sweet chariots Let me hear this penitentiary so I can find religion Get this death off my back, singing for me Clutching brown bibles with cornrows in your head Singing for me on the phone, through the glass while the nurse watching, she took my legs, I ain't leaving, I'll be here with this song in my head, they got me after all that running, after all them prayers, since I was a little boy, my father baptized by the word and running with the Holy Ghost, singing low to touch someone, we was singing in the penitentiary, you know, <laughs> singing away the years, one time we sung the same song for five years, next thing I knew, I was home, back in the projects. Fusebox Radio Broadcast via iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Podcast Attic, and your other favorite podcast players. Check out the Fusebox Radio's official website for our latest episodes, events, and more at FuseboxRadioOnline.com. You can also visit us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Fusebox Radio Show, Twitter at Twitter.com slash Fusebox Radio, and Instagram at Instagram.com slash Fusebox Radio. Feel free to contact us at FuseboxRadio at gmail.com to submit music for airplay consideration, 